Hey everybody, welcome. Let's talk about mental health. Let's discuss these important topics that are oftentimes neglected. Today we're going to talk about teenagers' mental health. When we think about young adults, when we think about people 18, 19, 20, they're getting ready to move out, go to college, start a new chapter in their lives, we've got to understand the baggage that they're holding. Have you ever heard the line, you know, I'm going out on a date with someone and I'm seeing how much baggage she's bringing to the first date? Or how much baggage I'm bringing. And that could be like being in debt. That could be childhood trauma. That could be bad habits. So these different things that have made you who you are due to modeling by your parents or whatever the friend group that you hung out with. It's important to recognize how hard it is mentally for teenagers. And this isn't one of those videos where it's, oh, boo-hoo, we're going to play victim and say, life sucks, I feel sorry for you. It's not pity. But it's simply recognizing the really strange social and genetic components involved when we look at young people. And young people, I'm talking about like right as they're finishing up puberty and what that looks like. So here's the reason I wanted to make this talk today. If I was to show you a graph and it would show you age and depressive symptoms or age and anxiety symptoms, and I had boys and girls, okay? What you'd notice is they're going at a steady pace. And all of a sudden, after ages 12, 13, 14, it's like when puberty's starting to finish, for girls, we see a spike in depressive symptoms and a spike in anxiety symptoms. Girls are three times more likely to show depressive symptoms than boys are, and they are twice as likely to show anxiety symptoms as boys are. It's either that or I've got it reversed, where it's three times as likely anxiety and twice as likely depressive symptoms. So I saw this graph and I thought, this is crazy. That's insane. So boys and girls, they're both at the same relative probability of having depressive symptoms, of having anxiety symptoms. And at what if, for whatever reason, at the age of 14, 13, 14, girls just see a spike and that spike does not lower and they stay ahead of boys in depressive symptoms and anxiety symptoms over time one of the reasons when we look at the big five the big five personality model neuroticism which is in relation to emotional stability or in other words being highly neurotic means you frequently face Bouts of, of these quote-unquote negative emotions, sadness, feeling blue, feeling anxious, feeling angry, having low resilience. And we see women are generally higher on neuroticism than men are. And it starts at the age of 13, 14. Which is wild, because you're sitting there going, why, Dana, what is so hard at that age? Like, how is that possible? And we're going to talk about young boys as well, but for young girls, and you got to understand that this shapes the trajectory, both from a genetic perspective and a social perspective, for when that girl turns 18, 19, 20, entering college, entering university, this is a lot of the stuff that's been ingrained. And it doesn't mean she can't change it. It doesn't mean she's stuck on that path forever, but it's going to impact many things in her life. Essentially, how she goes throughout life and how she interacts with everything. So let's think about this for a moment. If you're a 13 or 14 year old girl, what are you thinking about? The big one that women think about all the time, men think about it too, and, and it's both sexes. 
but a very, very large one is body. You think about your body, you think about your body image, you think about how you look in relation to the beauty standards in society. And if we don't look like those standards that we have in society, well, how does that make you feel? Well, there's something wrong with me. Because clearly Kim Kardashian's perfect, or Selena Gomez is perfect, or Beyonce is perfect, and I don't look like her. And the further away I am, so meaning my eyelashes aren't big enough, or something about my body isn't skinny enough, or my skin tone doesn't match hers, I'm, I'm missing something here. Something's not right. So you sit there and go, okay, well, if you're a 13, 12, 13, 14-year-old girl, how do you see this stuff? And you think, well, the media, right? You turn on the news, you watch TV. More importantly, or I should say, another interesting one to think about is social media. How young do kids get in social media account? Around 13, 14? When did you get Facebook? What's the youngest kid you know who has Instagram? Or TikTok? So all of a sudden, you got to think, all right, I'm 13, 14. We're coming to the end of puberty. I'm on social media. I'm looking at a bunch of women who look a certain way. And they have a lot of followers. And they have a lot of likes. And they have a lot of attention from guys. What does attention mean? Attention means validation. Attention feels good. It feels nice to be wanted, to be flattered, to feel like I'm doing the right thing. What is the age of 13, 14? There was a psychoanalyst by the name of Eric Erickson. And psychoanalyst essentially means a psychologist who was heavily inspired by the works of Sigmund Freud. And Eric Erickson went on to make this kind of life stage model. And he said, look, at different stages in our lives, we've got different things that are important to us. The 50-year-old man has a different goal in mind than the 20-year-old, than the 10-year-old. And Eric Erickson was like, look, for kids that age, like right at that teenage kind of time, two things are monumental. They're unbelievably important. Number one, identity. And number two, conformity. Peer validation skyrockets. I want the people around me to like me. I want to feel accepted. I want to feel cared for. I want them to think good things of me. So I need to do things that increase my peer validation. So you sit and there you go, okay, I'm, you're, you're a 14-year-old girl. You start going on social media. You start looking at women who look a certain way. And then you start to believe maybe you're overweight when you're not. Or maybe you're underweight when you're not. You feel less about yourself so then you start to folks i saw a study that said girls as young as in grade six started dieting grade six what is that 11 years old 12 years old that's nuts an 11 year old girl imagine dieting so she can lose weight what the heck and she's not clinically by any standard of measurement like if she went to a doctor's office you're, like, you're not overweight for your uh, height and for your age So you look at these people who the majority of them are not real, who use filter, who use different things on a lens to touch up lighting and whatnot and touch up skin and make pores go away and hide the acne. And you go, I don't look like that. So you feel poorer about yourself. And then you go hang out with your friends and conformity is so big. What are girls talking about? 
did you see so-and-so's picture? I've lost this much weight. John uh, was flirting with me. Well, if that becomes the conversation, it becomes, oh, that's what's cool. That's what will get my friend's attention. That is how I can further fit in, is I have to mesh with this talk because I don't want to be ostracized. I don't want to be kicked out of the group. So it's pressure to fit in. It's anxiety about not wanting to say the wrong thing. It's depressive symptoms like sadness and feeling blue, feeling down in relation to self-worth, in relation to how we look. And really at that 14, 15 period, if you think about it, folks, one of the number one comments that girls get are about their looks. Hey, you look beautiful. You're a very good looking girl. It's great to see you, even from relatives, from parents, from aunts, from uncles. What a cute little girl. What a pretty little girl. Now, Daniel, is it wrong to... What's wrong with complimenting someone's beauty? Inherently, I don't see anything wrong with it. But, but, if the only thing I do is compliment you on one aspect, it doesn't even have to be beauty. Let's say it's intelligence. The only compliment you ever get is you're so smart. You're so intelligent. You're such a genius thinker. Over time, you start to think, one, is that all I am? Two, that's a lot to live up to. And three, if I fail a test or if I don't figure out the equation, like, is that all I am? So when people receive feedback over and over again, especially from multiple people, it increases the weight that that characteristic has to their identity. So if all we tell young girls at a very young age, at nine years old, 10 years old, oh, you're such a cute little girl. Oh, wow, you're such a pretty young woman. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm talking about from relatives, from family. We start increasing the pressure of beauty. And there was a researcher on, on YouTube. I have to remember her name. She was talking about the emphasis of beauty. The more beautiful a woman was, the more it would increase her position in the hierarchy. And it was really interesting. It, you know, she would had a bunch of these hypotheses, hypotheses about if you're a young girl between the ages of, let's say, 19 and up, and you start posting pictures of yourself on social media, the better you look, the more suitors you're going to have, the more attention you're going to get, the more likes you're going to get, the more likely it is that some rich 30-year-old guy is like, I like you, and I'm going to fly you out to my place. So there's a lot of value on looks. Guys like looks, so the better I look, the better guy I can get with. So let me buy the makeup brands and let me go to the gym and this and that. Now, that doesn't mean that every woman who posts on social media is thinking, I hope that a rich guy sees that. No, not, not necessarily. But that is one possible hypothetical underpinning, underpinning that further emphasizes this heavy emphasis on beauty. Beauty above all. You can be smart or not. Blah. She can be kind or not, but she better be good looking. Right? And then if you're good looking, yeah, being kind is bonus. Being this is bonus and that is bonus. And one of those heavy, heavy emphasis on beauty, it's like if you're not that girl in the magazine, unlike guys where maybe there's a little bit more leeway. Look, if you're a dude, you don't have to be, I don't know who's a handsome dude out there. Zach Efron? You don't have to be Zac Efron or Michael B. Jordan. If you have a stable career, if you've got a sense of humor, beauty's not end-all or be-all. But for women, oftentimes, they're perceived because at such a young age, they're told, you're beautiful, you're so good, blah, blah, blah. It, it's, if I'm not beautiful, then what am I? Then what value do I have? Like, is there anything else that people see me as? 
So the girl feels anxious. She has depressive symptoms. She doesn't go out to parties because of her anxiety, which makes her feel more lonely. Now she starts ruminating, which is thinking negative thoughts. If I don't go to this party, I won't go to the other one. What are my friends going to say? This is going to be terrible. Then she goes on social media and she sees her friends having fun. She sees girls that are looking a certain way that are getting a bunch of likes. Now she's having fear of missing out. Maybe I should have gone out to that party. So from a genetic standpoint of resiliency in relation to neuroticism, from a societal standpoint and where that young lady is in her life where conformity is so important, and this idea of, you know, 14, 15, relationships and stuff and starting to come up and crushes and whatnot, and the emphasis on beauty really takes over. You start getting on social media, you see all that stuff, it's like, holy cow. Where do we go from here? Now let's talk about teenage boys. So when teenage boys start to, excuse me, when they're coming to the completion end of their puberty, Generally speaking, they're going to have more testosterone in their body than girls will at the end of puberty. This is when all of a sudden you start to see huge difference in strength. It's got nothing to do with work ethic or discipline or conscience. It's just like a, like a genetic advantage that on average, a lot of boys, when they hit the end of puberty, the added testosterone in that body if you put a boy and a girl together in a competitive bout, they will have the strength advantage. Now, remember all that stuff I said about validation and conformity and the importance of my peers validating me and liking me. Imagine you're in a group and in this group, you're 14, you're 15, testosterone has just kicked in and it's starting to and it's ramping up. And with testosterone comes wanting to dominate, wanting to compete, wanting to be good at something, aggression, then you start becoming goal-oriented. And what if you and your friends are in a position where if someone climbs a tree, you want to climb a taller tree. If someone jumps off a rock, you want to jump off a bigger rock. And in your friend group, how you become validated, how you conform, the way that you gain points and you rise up in your micro hierarchy is by engaging in risky behavior. So now we talk about drugs, now we talk about sex, now we talk about alcohol. What are the things I have to engage in as a young boy at 15, 16, 17, so they can increase my status in our hierarchy? And we see this in gangs all the time, by the way. You're a young kid. You enter into a gang. You want to start working your way up. So you start doing little crimes. And you start doing little things just to gain trust, to, to show them you're responsible, that you know what you're doing. Why? The higher you come up on the hierarchy, what happens? First of all, greater responsibility. Second of all, more respect. Third, there's generally a monetary gain, like maybe money. Fourth, as status increases, guess what happens? So does attention. And typically, so do women. As status increases, it's not uncommon to find that person surrounded by women or have more suitors than the person who's lower status. I know, groundbreaking stuff, right? Like the surgeon, a bunch of women want to date him. It's a wild thing to say, I know. But 
it's out there. Why? Because status is symbolic for a multitude of things. First of all, it shows your competency to get to that level. Right? You don't just end up at the top of a hierarchy by accident. Second of all, conscientiousness. It means that you are able to work at something for a long period of time. It tells people a lot about you and how motivated. I know I'm talking about like gang violence and stuff, but really we're thinking about this in any hierarchy. To get to the top, it tells you a lot about responsibility and patience and you're focused on your goals to get to the top. The part where it becomes tricky is what do I have to do in order to get your validation so I can start climbing up the hierarchy? Because like I said, if I'm the toughest guy in the group, if I'm the funniest guy in the group, if I'm the most badass dude in the group, there's this there's this intoxication feel. It feels good. You feel like your worth is at the top. Why? Because you put so much emphasis on what people think around you. And girls see that too. And when girls see a group of guys, and they see the one that, quote unquote, has the most bravado, or maybe is the most daredevil, your reek of confidence. So it's not surprised that they get noticed the most. So if you're a young kid, 15 years old, you get caught up in a group and you go, oh, okay, interesting. That's what I got. Okay, yeah, sure. Sure, that's what they're, okay, yeah. Yeah, man, absolutely. Sign me up. Yeah, you're going to do it. I'm going to do it, sure. Because the worst thing for a young person, 13, 14, is that ostracization. When you put so much value on your peers' feedback and they go, you scared? Oh, you don't want to? Come on, man. So-and-so is going, Julie's watching, come on. And it leads back to depressive symptoms, to anxiety symptoms, and for young boys, oftentimes, anger or hatred is externalized. So there's a lot of hypotheses that say, look, one of the reasons why boys might have less anxiety symptoms or less depressive symptoms is they... Instead of pouring it in, they pour it out. So a boy is more likely to talk back to a teacher at school, to make a scene, to flip a table, excuse me, to get into a fight at school, to vandalize a car, to steal, to assault somebody. And all of a sudden, if you've got a gang in the neighborhood, if you've got a group of friends that aren't a good influence, and you've got things to be pissed off about, and you recognize that engaging in these behaviors... gains you something from the people around you and the testosterone's kicking in your aggression's going up you just want to be noticed by girls you want to be the, the uh, accepted by the people around you sounds like a recipe for disaster doesn't it folks do you folks remember that one video i made about uh, especially this point there was a one th proposed hypothesis or theory if you will that that time of life, of adolescence, the part responsible for self-regulation, the part that says, well, be careful, this is dangerous, don't do this, is underdeveloped in the brain. And the part responsible for dopamine, for reward, is overdeveloped, meaning it's extra sensitive. In other words, the voice that says, do it, do it, she's watching, do it. Are you scared? Do it, do it, pick a fight, do it is twice as loud as the voice that's saying, don't do it, you could get hurt, be careful, don't do it today because you're going to benefit from it tomorrow, delayed gratification. 
So with all those factors, with the heavy emphasis on conformity and validation and testosterone and being on social media and wanting attention, and what does it mean for a boy to be surrounded by a girl, to be surrounded by two girls? What does that say about it? Well, that increases my worth because if I think I'm a loser, but if Sally and Rebecca are talking to me, it, it, it makes me, it increases my status like in his head. So it's no difference. There's a heavy, heavy emphasis on validation from their peers while they're trying to sort out the identity. And the question becomes, how can I increase or walk up this hierarchy so I can improve my status, gain greater validation and increase my self-worth? Why? Because of the amount of pressure I put to fit in, to conform. This is a much more complicated subject. I can talk about this for a much longer period of time, but we want to be careful of information overload. We don't want to throw too much at you. If you enjoyed this, share it with a friend. Tell them. It's important to know. Um, we want to be entertaining and educational at the same time. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Take care of yourselves. And stay safe. Bye-bye.